Happy fucking Fourth of July. <laughs> Happy fucking Fourth of July. <laughs> Happy fucking Fourth of July. Welcome to Orsini's Uncensored Mind, and now your host, AJ Orsini. How the hell is everybody out there? This is AJ Orsini, and I am your host of Orsini's Uncensored Mind, episode 40 fucking one. 40 fucking one. Last one was 40. This is now 41. Seriously, how is everybody out there doing? I am in a good fucking place. I'm feeling great feeling good i'm not as sore i'm not as beat up the swim class is over i survived i didn't just survive folks i soared like a mighty eagle in the sky and i surpassed all expectations let me tell you a quick story okay i'm I, i got a lot of shit to get to i say that every episode and it's always true so bear with me on this but i'm super proud of myself and i want to go through this really quickly so i mentioned a little something called operation blf be less fat okay it's pretty self-explanatory and i was hoping and praying that i could get through this swimming class because i had mentioned before that i was suffering from an umbilical hernia um the end result of that diagnosis was nothing we ended up doing nothing but i was told that i would be able to uh get through the swimming class no problem i went to the doctor originally because it was giving me problems during my track and field class so i just assumed swimming is more strenuous so i will be experiencing more pain agony and suffering during the course of the swimming class uh he assured me that i would not and the end result is now that the four weeks are up i did not uh when i was a kid about uh, 13 14 13 14 i was uh licensed as a junior lifeguard and i trained uh in the later years of my teens and dare i say i was a very effective and very good swimmer uh i have not done so in a long time as a matter of fact the joke was is the last time i was in the pool i had a drink in my hand which i'm going to be doing again and this weekend, but we'll get to that too. But I, I really wanted to do well in this swimming class. Four weeks, I wanted to really get myself into cardio shape. My cardio is the shits. In the first week, it showed. Sore all the time. Muscles were all crazy. I was using muscles I haven't used in forever. Uh, but the goal from uh, my professor was to swim the mile for the fit uh, for the final. I'm gonna say finish. <laughs> oh man. I, I, I was going to say finish. Just the wrestling stuff is all in my habit. I'm literally in the background right now. SmackDown's on. So, yes, I'm filming this Tuesday evening because I have shit to do 
tomorrow, which officially when this go up, this goes up, it will be July Fourth, Independence Day. But let's stick to the story here. So I, I was hoping and praying that I would get through this fucking swim class, and the goal was to swim a mile, which is about forty four laps. Uh, 22, actually 44 lengths, 22 laps. He considered going from one end of the pool to the other a length, but going from one end of the pool, touching the wall, and then coming back to where you started was a full lap. So he wanted 22 of those laps, 44 lengths. Um, that was what the goal was going to be. As we got closer and closer to the end of the course, I was getting closer and closer until literally two days before the final, I finally hit uh, the 22 uh, laps. The day before the final, he hits us with the idea that we've been doing so well in class, he decided to extend it. So we were going to do 30 laps, 60 lengths, which I wanted to kick him in his nuts for it, but I figured, you know, let's see what happens. So the day of the final, we got to do a skills test, which is, you know, show all the different technique stuff, skill stuff, and then eventually hit those 30 laps. So I'm getting into it. Now, he kept telling me, that of all the strokes that you can do, freestyle, breaststroke, backstroke, and butterfly, that uh, for the mile, we were going to be able to choose any stroke that we wanted. It was up to us. Whatever stroke got us to the finish, hey, yo. No homo, of course. Always implied here on the show. Uh, whatever it took to get to the uh, to the 30, he will accept. We just got to get there wall to wall. No stopping in the middle, no stopping before, swimming wall to wall. So I did it. I was going. I was a madman. Of course, my, my stroke that worked the best was the breaststroke. I have a child, so I've had to practice. And I was doing the breaststroke, and I got through uh, just about to the 30 when I started gassing. I started felt myself uh, getting a little, a little blown, but I pushed through. And I got to the 30, and I was like the second or third. There was the third person to get to the 30. And I did not notice that the two guys before me were in a shitty mood. I just thought that they were just, you know, cranky from the workout. Turns out, when I got to the 30 and I touched the wall because we all had counters to keep track of the laps, when I got to the wall to hit 30, uh, I said, okay, cool, 30, I'm done. He goes, cool, you hit 30, congratulations. Four more, please. Four more. I was like, what the fuck? What do you mean four more? So I'm arguing with the fucking guy, but at the end of the day, I need to do four more. So I got, I never got out of the pool, so I just like took a deep breath and just fucking did it. And I did it. 34 laps. Uh, what would that be? 68 lengths in the pool. Badassery. Uh, I was completely 100% fucked after. Uh, hungry and tired, but I, I got the fucking job done. So class is done. My writing class done. I am in the clear until the end of August. So it is fucking showtime for the CDs Uncensored. My baby, I got a lot of good stuff coming up. Huge, huge stuff to announce. Come Not tonight. Not tonight. I didn't mean to set that up as a tease. Uh, not tonight. I have some things that are uh, in process. Some things that I need to be emailed back about concerning the show. Uh, a possible new platform. Some other little goodies involving uh, Orsini's Uncensored Mind. Yes, possibly some merch. Uh, there's a lot of different things in the works. A lot of different opportunities. I have been given quite the gift with this show and uh, with the different people that I'm meeting being done in different, being downloaded in different countries, downloaded uh, all over the country that I'm in, which is the United States. I'm being heard 
literally as high up as Maine, all the way out as far as California and everything in between. This show has done so much for me over the past few weeks specifically that it's really been killing me that I couldn't put more effort into my show. Uh, as you heard from the last, I think, last two episodes, I was completely dead. It was the, it was the class. Just fuck it with me. Zero fucking energy. Uh, I did manage to fuck, so I'm not completely dead. I'm, I'm still a guy. I, I got to do what I got to do. But for the most part, completely 100% drained to the bone. I was completely fucked up. But I'm feeling much better now. As you guys saw on my Facebook, I had a, an amazing weekend with my family, which was the first thing that we thought of doing. Once this hell was over... Literally, the first thing we thought about doing was vacation stuff, and we did a bunch of small local stuff um, this past weekend. I will be in uh, New Jersey, South Jersey more specifically, uh, this weekend doing family stuff. My family lives, my mother and my brother live in uh, South Jersey, so I'm going to be hanging with those uh, with those people down there uh, this weekend. So that's going to be a lot of fun, especially for my son who loves his Mima and his Theo. So that should be a lot of fun. Uh, so I, I might even, I'm going to try because I've been trying to get the, I've been trying to get my brother on the show. The reason for that is because, A, I think my brother's awesome. And two, I just think, I think my brother has a very quick wit when it comes to shit too. I'm not the only one in the family who's got it. And uh, he's been kind of getting the itch to do some stuff. Uh, he used to do a lot of stuff with me back in the day with uh, with this kind of stuff, the entertainment stuff. So uh, it, it would be nice to get the juices flowing and introduce you guys, a squad of O to him. He He's a really cool dude. He listens to all my episodes. He's probably listening to this right now. If you are, um, I have not forgotten. He's been to my house twice now where I said, okay, let's do something for the show. And we either got drunk or tired or whatever the case may be, and it has not happened yet. So I'm thinking of bringing the shit down there to do, uh, my equipment down there to do, but um, we'll see how that goes because I got to see uh, how I'm going to be able to transfer all, tra- transport all this shit. I don't have a lot of equipment. It's actually I've actually brought it with me to a few places, but to go to South Jersey, I don't know. We'll see because I, that's a lot of time spent in a hot-ass car. And I don't want my equipment getting messed up because we're doing some water park stuff. So it's going to be in the trunk. It's There's a lot going on. So, we'll, so we will see. Hopefully that will happen very, very soon because I think you guys really enjoy him. And uh, and, 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 and I, I would really like to have him on the show. Speaking of which, speaking of the show, I've been feeling a little nostalgic recently. Uh, this is not... Uh, I, I said at the beginning of the podcast, like the beginning, like episode one, that I've always wanted to do my own show. But uh, And while this is my first time doing my own show, it is not my first podcast. I used to be part of another podcasting group. Uh, they're on Facebook if you want to look them up because I think they're still doing stuff. I'm not sure. But there was a group uh, called, uh, what is it, PW, People Who Know Good Wrestling. So it's People Who Know PWK Good Wrestling. Okay, so PWKGW, something like that. <laughs> this was a long time ago, like five years ago. Um, but they were my first experience with this stuff, and uh, really good guys, uh, Chris Kalaitis and Sean out there in uh, PWKGW, yeah, PWKG. I, I, I had this more memorized like five years ago. I used to rattle the shit off really quick, because I was so happy to be a part of the crew, and they had their own show, People Who Know Good Wrestling, and then they had like splintered shows where they had like different hosts doing different topics, 
and I was one of the hosts for one of their shows called Total Total Impact. And my uh, my broadcasting partner, he was actually the lead guy. I was backing him up, actually. Uh, he was known as Eric Draven at the time, but he is now known as Eric Jaden. Slight difference, but when you see the actual character, it's kind of a big, a big difference. And he was my my first uh, co-host for my first podcast, and I was feeling a little bit nostalgic because, again, I've been feeling kind of down about the fact that I haven't had a real chance to really get deep into this show the last couple of weeks. So I started listening to some of the old stuff. I was the shits. I really was. I was bad. Um, I, I was saying some good stuff. <laughs> I, I I came off knowledgeable, which I guess was the point. Uh, but I, I, ooh, entertainment value, it was not there. Not there. I was still coming out of my shell, I guess. I mean, five years ago, right? So 2013, I had only really been performing about two years, and two years and change at that point. So I was still getting my dick wet in this business at that point. So on the performance end anyway. So I it, I just, I was thinking about that earlier today. Look some of that stuff up. That was interesting. Uh, another reason why I bring it up is because Eric is still performing, and and I'm I'm on the sideline as far as the performance stuff. I'm more concentrating on my school and the show. But we've been talking recently, and I would love to have him on the show as well because he is an interesting motherfucker. Uh, his story as a whole uh, is very unique, and our story together is also unique. Uh, we've helped each other out in two very, uh, two very tough situations for the both of us. A situation that I had and a situation that he had, and I'll go into it more when he gets on the show. Uh, but I mean, the bond between the two of us is very, very strong. Even though we're not up each other's ass and we're not on the phone gossiping every day, to, you know, he'll always be like a brother to me, and 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 hopefully I to him. He always calls me his godfather, which is weird. <laughs> He's, I don't, I don't know how to take that, but I, I take it as a compliment, and, and I, I can't wait to get him on the show as well. So there's a lot of things going on. By the way, if you're listening to the show, thank you for downloading. Thank you for listening. Of course, all of the episodes get downloaded directly to ajoum.podbean.com. That's where you can hear all the new episodes and catch up to the old ones. A lot of you guys like to do that. I can always tell when I get a, a new new listener when. Uh, I get my my recent episodes downloaded, and then I start seeing like old shit being downloaded. Like somebody will episode down episode down. Someone will download episode forty, and then like right after they'll download like rest, like episode seventeen, and then episode two. It's a uh, it's weird how that works, but it's all the better. Uh, speaking of which, we're quickly approaching fifteen hundred downloads, uh, which is well, hopefully by the end of this, I will have officially reached it. So. Uh, once again, thank you guys for downloading and thank you guys for listening. If you can't get onto Podbean, if Podbean is not cooperating with you on the website, on your phone or the app or whatever the case may be, you can catch the show on other platforms. I repeat this basically at least once an episode, uh, but people still ask me. I still get messages and I still get emails every now and then. Well, Podbean's not working. Is there any way you can send me the audio? I don't have to send you the audio, guys. Normally, I, when I get that res- that response from people, I send them the links. Because I have, the in the description of literally every video that I put up, I don't just plug the platforms. I send you actual physical links 
that you can click on and you can click on those links to go directly to the audio source for my show on these platforms itunes stitcher radio TuneIn radio app google play music castbox.fm and listen notes all carry the show and you can stream it for free uh no premium no pay free service all you got to do is click the uh, play button and you will instantly be able to listen to some or cd goodness you can do that uh literally at any time if you want to exit out whatever you're listening to me on right now and go into those other platforms you are free to I am not one of these people that pick a particular service over the other. You can pick any fucking service you'd like. I do not care. I'm able to keep track a lot better on Podbean as far as the statistics go on on who's listening and where. But again, it's up to you. I don't really care how you listen. Just as long as you listen. Just as long as you enjoy. So uh, I have some other shit I need to get to. So uh, like I mentioned earlier, I had an amazing weekend this past weekend. I did a bunch of shit. Now, by a bunch of shit, I'd like to clarify because I put a little something out. There was like a little scheduling thing that I put out and people were getting a little confused as to whether or not that was my plan or something I already did. It was something that I already did. I was getting I was already getting toward the end of it, actually, when I uh, posted it. But I'm going to clarify it now and make more sense of it because it was a really, really awesome weekend. So Thursday, it started off shitty. All right. So I'm going to take you. I'm going to take you to Thursday. We have here in New York. I know you. There's, I get listened to all over the place. But here in New York, there is a, an amusement park. Small. Nothing huge. Small. That when I was a kid and my wife was a kid, we were really big on. It was a really like big thing for us when we were kids uh, to go to this place. And the place at the time was called Nelly Bly. Okay. And it had all the coolest like innovative rides of that time. You know, uh, I, I would go into description, but I would just, d- d- it was just really cool time. But my wife and I had never really been to that place since we were children. So we decided we're adults now. We have a child of our own. Let's take him to Nelly Bly. Now, as we were making this decision, the clouds came. Okay. And we were iffy. We're like, oh, will it rain? Will it not rain? And then we find out that it had rained earlier that morning. So we said to ourselves, well, it's now raining now. Maybe the rain is over. So we pack into the car. We drive in traffic about 30 minutes to go to Nelly Bly. We get there. And, of course, there's a bunch of things for him to do. So they had, like, this bracelet ticket deal where you could pay per ride or you could just get a bracelet. So we bought the kid a fucking bracelet. Just whatever ride you want to fucking get on, right? And as he starts getting on rides, we start realizing that Nelly Bly, at the time that we were kids, was very cool, fun, lit up, very innovative for the 80s, early 90s. Well... It doesn't look like they've literally changed anything since the late 80s, early 90s. This is like one of the most broke down old parks I have literally ever been to. To the point where I think there was one ride I went on with my son. And the rust from the ride had gotten on our clothes. (laughs) At first it was me. My wife said, hey, you have something on your ass. 
So I checked my ass as much as I could anyway because you can't physically take my your ass off and hold it in front of you and check it. Nor can you remove your skull and put it behind you and functionally still be able to assess what's going on in your butt. So I took her word for it and I said, okay, I got some shit on my ass. But then she noticed the same shit was on my son. So we started to put two and two together and realized that we basically just got jizzed on by whatever fucking machine this was. And uh, it, it pissed us off. So uh, Nellie Bly was not going well. And as we proceed through our day, the clouds fucking came back. And so did the rain. And it trickled just a bit. Like a little, like a little, like spit. Like cloud dribble, like landing on us, right? So that was the cue. All right, kid, we're probably going to have to like take some cover here. And I thought to myself, because the clouds came so suddenly, that perhaps we'll just get the blast, and then the clouds will go away, right? Now, it's still a little dangerous. It's an outdoor park, rides. It'll just get the, the blast, and it'll go. That still makes everything wet, right? So we're, we're, we're talking. We're contemplating. Maybe this isn't a good idea this day. So sure enough, we gather under this big umbrella, not just us, but like other people in the park, and the blast came, and it's a hard rain, and still rain, and still rain, and still rain. So, I got pissed. I have a very short temper when it comes to shit like this. When I when I have like a mindset to do something, and something out of my control fucks it up, I get like really irritable. So my son can sense it going, and so can my wife, and they decide. Well, maybe we should just leave. Now, we paid for this bracelet to go on all the rides. At this point, perhaps maybe six rides of an available 20 to him. So I'm like, I don't really want to go because we paid for this bracelet, yada, yada, yada. But, you know, it's unfair to have this kid just literally sit under an umbrella in the rain when there's really no options here. So that's where... I posted that we went to Nelly Bly and Chuck E. Cheese because that's what ended up happening. We decided we were going to do an indoor thing so that we can get the hell out of the rain. So we run, we sprint in a full fucking monsoon or we're getting hit from water on all all areas. I got jean shorts on with a shirt that's literally like a scuba shirt at this point because it's stuck in my fucking skin. I had a Colt 45 shirt that was literally just fucking, it was it was now my epidermis is what it was. My wife wore a dress, which she never does. My wife never wears dresses. She wore like a sundress on this day. So my son, wearing regular shit, just couldn't care less. His hair was just all wet. He was having a blast. We got him into the car. We started driving to Chuck E. Cheese, which is now 30 minutes in a different direction, but less traffic. We get about 10 minutes from Chuck E. Cheese. And the rain stops, the cloud leaves, the heavens open, the sun come out. It's like the Bahamas. It's hot as fuck. It went from 60, 70, muggy to 98,000 degrees inside the car. That fast. This global warming shit is real, I'm telling you. See, I'm pissed because now we're going to Chuck E. Cheese and there's no fucking bad weather. Anyway, went to Chuck E. Cheese. We got super lucky. We did a... my son likes to go from machine to machine. And what happens is, is my wife has like a, for those of you who've never been to Chuck E. Cheese before, because I know some of you are listening from another country, Chuck E. Cheese is this indoor arcade slash, no, no slash. It's basically an indoor arcade for kids, for children. 
and there's a ticket system. You play certain games, you get tickets, they collect a certain amount of tickets, you're taking them over to the counter, and you get a prize, right? So my wife is like a ticket magnet or like a, tic- like a ticket detector. She can always detect where the tickets are, not just for the ones that my son is winning, but tickets that like people leave in the machine. Like they play the game and forget that they get tickets, so they pay for the machine, they play it, and then they leave. And my wife always finds like one, two, three, like tickets just sitting at machines, and she'll grab it nonchalant, foop, and just keep it moving like she didn't even do shit. What tickets? I didn't grab tickets. What tickets? Fuck you. So she just grabs the fucking tickets and she goes. My wife has another skill, and that's detecting broken machines. Now hear me out here, okay? There are certain machines at Chuck E. Cheese, and this seems to happen almost every fucking time we go, where the machine will run out of tickets, but the machine will still operate. Okay, so you can swipe your card. It's a card system. So you swipe your card, you push a button, it activates the machine, you play your game. But most people will make the mistake is because they see the game, they just want to play the game. They're not really worried about the tickets. So they swipe, they play, and then they reach instinctively down for the tickets, and they see nothing, and they look up at the screen, and the screen says, error, out of tickets. And people, more often than not, will just say, ah, well, fuck it. It was like maybe one or two tickets. But when you do one or two tickets, you say, and 20 people say, ah, fuck it, that's about, <laughs> it's about 40 tickets sitting there. So what it adds up. So what happens is, is you give up on the tickets, but the machine always keeps count. So what happens is, is my wife will see a machine that's out of tickets. And what happens is, is that she'll swipe, hit the button, play the game. But when the game is over, sit there and call one of the crew members over and say, hey, this machine's out of order. I just played, but I'm out of the machine's out of tickets can you add more tickets and what happens is is they'll say they always say oh no problem and they go and they get a bundle of tickets and they put it in the machine and as soon as they put in the machine they have to test it so they like push a button that releases whatever tickets it's supposed to release for your game but it kept count the entire time so for instance as an example the, this past weekend when we went we were sitting next to a machine she wasn't even playing the fucking machine she was playing with alex at another like two-person gun machine next to their machine there's like there's like two on this particular wall one they're playing on and one directly adjacent to them where no one's playing there she just happened to see that the error out of ticket message was up so she swiped hit her button and then waited until the uh, uh, service person was around and said the whole thing. Say, hey, I just played this game, but it's out of tickets. Uh, Is there any way you can add tickets? Now, normally when we do this, we usually get about five, ten tickets, 15, if we're lucky, like 15, 20 is like hot shit. Like, oh, we got a lot of tickets. That's pretty good. So he put in the fucking ticket thing, and he just pushed the button, and he left. He said, here you go. It's, It's working now. So we just sat there, and I held the ticket as it came out, and it came, and it came, and it came, and it just keep coming, and it keep coming. And I have this big, like, it was starting to get ridiculous. It was just anaconda-like level length of tickets. It's just going and going and going, and we got 150 tickets out of that motherfucker. Now, here's the deal. My son goes to Chuck E. Cheese. He collects tickets. He gets the same shit every time. Same shit. Same gift or what prize or whatever because it's not just toys it's also candy 
and every 10 tickets gets you one Tootsie Roll. And my son loves Tootsie Rolls. So like I said, we'll get a few tickets here and there. We'll walk out of there, I don't know, 30, 40 tickets on a fun day, 30, 40 tickets. So that gives him four Tootsie Rolls. You get 40 tickets, you get four Tootsie, uh, four Tootsie Rolls. So my son had already been collecting his usual amount of tickets. And then we got the 150 from this fucking thing. So the end result was actually, on the money, 230 tickets. So sure enough, we have all these tickets. You put the tickets in a machine that counts it for you. It gives you a receipt. You take your receipt over to the counter. They didn't use a calculator to determine whatever gift. Like if you want a gift for, like, I don't know, uh, uh, 150 tickets. That leaves you with 80 tickets. Right, and they keep track of all that shit. So my son, for the first time in his life, is not only in the hundreds; it's two hundred and thirty. So we're like, oh, he's set. He's gonna get Tootsie Rolls. He's gonna get Skittles. He's gonna get this toy over here. Like we were plotting all this shit for him, and he wasn't saying shit. Not, he wasn't saying shit to us. Like he already had this plan in his head, but he wasn't sharing with us. And we're living in this fantasy world. Like, all right, we're gonna get him a bunch of shit. And then it turns out we get to the counter. And was like, all right, Alex, so what do you want to get? And he goes, Tootsie Rolls. I said, okay, besides the Tootsie Rolls, what do you want to get? Tootsie Rolls. That was the fucking answer. I want fucking Tootsie Rolls. He didn't want shit else. He didn't entertain the idea of a yo-yo or a, dr- a spitting top or a fucking eraser or none of that shit. This motherfucker wanted Tootsie Rolls. That was the only fucking thing. From the moment we stepped foot in that building, all he wanted was fucking Tootsie Rolls. So sure enough, I I did the math. That's 23 fucking Tootsie Rolls. This kid usually walks out at best four, maybe five Tootsie Rolls. So I said, okay, Alex, if you spend all of your tickets on Tootsie Rolls, that means you're going to get 23 Tootsie Rolls. Now he can count, but he still has an, uh, he's three. He doesn't have a concept of the, of the quantity of what 23 Tootsie Rolls means. So he's like, yeah, I, I want Tootsie Rolls. I just want the Tootsie Rolls. So fine. So I gave, the, my wife actually gave the fucking receipt to the person on the counter. So we just want 23 Tootsie Rolls. They said, okay, that's 230 tickets. Put the fucking ticket on the counter. Here it is, 230 tickets. Lady goes in there, grabs 23 fucking Tootsie Rolls, puts them in a plastic bag. It's a clear bag. And then puts it over the counter. And my son had this face like, okay, because he's three. So I can't really describe what his O face would look like because he's three. And while he's already playing with this thingy, he's not exactly achieving orgasm just yet. But I think that face, when that bag came over the counter, was about as close to an O face as I think I will ever see a three-year-old achieve. That was as close to say that his reaction was orgasmic. Just, oh, like the way that it came out, it was just so guttural. It was like a deep, like he he moaned from the diaphragm. Okay, that's how much he felt getting a bag of tootsie rolls. It was amazing. I've never seen a reaction like that from a child. It was amazing. And we follow that up uh, the next day with Sesame Place. For those of you who don't know, Sesame Street. It's a TV show, long time running. What has been like 70 seasons of that shit? That shit. Sesame Street was around when my mom was a fucking child. You know, that's how long that shit's been around. My son has some affinity toward the show. Elmo, obviously, the number one guy. 
Elmo is always everyone's number one guy, right? So they have a place out in Pennsylvania where it's a amusement park slash water park. Now, the last time we went to Sesame Place, we made a terrible boo-boo, okay? My son was barely, not even two. He wasn't even two yet. He was still one and change when we took him. And we made the mistake of doing the water park first, then the amusement park. And the reason why I said that's the mistake is it's an easy mistake to fall into. You head to a water park. It's hot as fuck outside. So your thought process is get into the fucking water as fast as possible. So that's what we did. We came dressed for the water. We took his ass into the water. We did all the water park stuff. Okay. I'm referring to the first time we did this trip. And then we ate. Okay. We broke up the monotony. We did the water park stuff. Okay. We can't do the rides until we dry off because we're wet. So we figured let's do lunch now. So we did lunch, which, by the way, that place is expensive as fuck, but we get meal vouchers because we work for the city, so holla, right? So we do the lunch, and then we do the rides. Now, for those of you who don't do amusement rides or amusement parks a lot, going on rides on a full stomach in 90-degree weather is the dumbest fucking thing you can possibly do. If you've ever wondered... What it would be like to be lightheaded, dizzy, constipated, and and nauseous at the same exact time. Then please do yourself a favor. Fill your belly with a lot of random shit and then get on amusement park rides. It will drive your senses to the fucking brink. You'll want to kill yourself. Okay. So my son, also with the full belly, started getting cranky. He hadn't napped. It was hot. He didn't understand the concept at the time of waiting online for a ride because these lines get long, and he didn't understand that. He does a cool thing for five seconds. He's won. You know, he wants to do the cool thing again, and it was just a pain in the ass. So started off great, not so great on the finish. This time around, my son's three. He's older. He's wiser. He's far more mature. So uh, we came up with a game plan. We said this time around, here's what's going to happen. We're going to do the rides first. Then we'll eat. Then we'll do the water rides because water rides, for the most part, I, I, I didn't plan on this, but my son is still too small or too young to be going on these tube rides. So I was under the assumption that water ride, quotation air bunnies, was just pool and lazy river. And I got this thing called Ernie's Waterworks where it's pipes that shoot out water. It's a lot of fun. So I thought that was going to be the whole deal. And then we get to the bark. And of course... My son takes a look at the rides, and he takes a look at the water rides, and he wants to do all the water shit, completely fucking up the entire plan that we had the entire time. We drove for an hour and 45 minutes, and the entire fucking car ride, that was the plan. Rides, lunch, water, okay? Everything, everybody was on board until we got to the fucking place. And then nobody was on board. I was the only motherfucker on board with this. I was left alone, stranded, holding the bag on this fucking plan. Right? So he wants to do the water stuff. Fine. Fuck it. We'll do the water stuff. I was. We were already wearing the bathing suits. Because what we were going to do is we were going to do the rides in our bathing suits, do the lunch, and then we won't have to change. We'll just go right into the water. So we're already wearing our shit. So we get to the park, and not only does my son want to do the water shit first, 
He wants to do a tube ride. Now, my son is three. Okay? He is tall for his age, I would think. So far at his new summer school, I think he might be the tallest kid in the school, and he's not the oldest. He's, like, somewhere in the middle when it comes to threes. But he's he's lanky. He's tall, you know? So the last time we had him checked, he was, like, approaching three feet or about at three feet. So we found out that at Sesame Place, the minimum requirement for a lot of those rides is 36 inches, which is three feet. And they had the line where you can test, and he would walk up to the line, and the kid was over. He was tall enough to go on these things. But my son doesn't know how to fucking swim. He's three. Count that as a knock on me. I just gave you a story about how awesome a swimmer I am, and I haven't taught my son yet. But we haven't had a chance. We haven't been in the water that much. We're just now getting into the water. So he has... He already he has his own life jacket. We have a life jacket for him at the house for trips just like this. It's a Spider-Man one. It's it's a hot it's a hot little number, right? So he puts the fucking life jacket on. He gets obviously he's going on with his mom because I'm too fucking heavy to be on. He weighs like 30 pounds. I weigh like 280 something pounds now. Yes, I do. I did drop some poundage from the swim class. I'll get to that later. But uh, I'm far too heavy. I think. In my mind, I'm telling myself, I'm far too heavy. We'll go down the slide at that speed, and when you get to a bottom of a water ride, there's always that bump because the raft is now, like, it's going full speed, and then it hits a bump, boom, at the bottom, and then cruises off into the lifeguard, in which the lifeguard shoves you to the side, and you do your thing. So I figured the bump, once I hit the bump, boom, that whole thing was just going to capsize, and I was going to be scrambling looking for my son. So it wasn't going to be me. It was going to be her. She did it. So she went up to the top with him, and I can see them going up the steps. I can see them getting right where the area is where you grab the rafts. And then, <laughs> gone. Gone. Just gone. I couldn't see him anymore. So I'm just, I'm nail-biting. I'm shitting myself. I'm like, oh, this is going to be so bad. And I don't see. So it's like raft after raft after raft after raft. And it's not my family. So I'm just waiting, 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 waiting. And then, boom. Once they come, I could see, I could, I, I could see them coming. And I thought I was going to hear screaming. I thought, based on the way that this ride was set up, it had. A, first of all, it was an inside. It was a tube that had an ending. The ending was outside, but 80, 85% of the ride was in a tube. So you can't see shit. So I just assumed that either my three-year-old son or my grown-ass wife would be screaming their fucking heads off in this tube. Neither happened. Nobody screamed. If anything, there were sounds of joy and, and wonderment. And then they come down the slide and hit the water. That one part I knew was going to happen. Boom. But they hit it perfect. And he's sitting in the front. She's sitting in the front. All smiles. Everyone's all smiles. And it was my son's first tube ride. So while I was extremely nervous, I was extremely proud as well that he was able to survive this ride. So that was pretty much the tone of the entire day after that. I mean, after that, that's the first thing he did the whole time. Everything was fucking golden after that. We went to the pools. We went to the Lazy Rivers. Lazy River had the biggest line in the entire park. We went on it twice. He waited on the line both times. No problems. He's turning into a little dude, man. A little dude. Same thing happening here with the summer school stuff, his normal school. Um, when we started taking him to his normal school, dropping him in the morning, uh, separation stuff, uh, it was uh, a tough transition. For summer school, we, we prepped him. We told him, hey, listen, you're going to a whole new school. We introduced him to his new teacher like four days before. And we kept pumping it in the four days. Oh, you're going to see Miss Amanda. You're going to see Miss Amanda. Like, that's the teacher's name, Miss Amanda. 
So we were, we were like really like trying to encourage him and just to kind of see how the separation would go. And we dropped him off, man, and he just waved by and he fucking left, man. Fucking fucking my little guy is turning into a little man, man. He's 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 speeding up on the maturity level, man. We went to the we went to the we went to the water stuff, and then we, well, we were gonna make the mistake again. Essentially, we did the water stuff, we did the lunch, and then we were gonna go back to try the rides. But uh, I we were mentioning while eating that the last time we did this, we had gotten sick, and my son goes, "Well, I don't want to get sick." I said, so what do you want to do? You want to do the rides or you want to go back to the water park? He said, I'm just going to go back to the water park. And we did. We did. We went back to the water park. We chilled in the pool. We did all the pools. We did all the water shit all over again. And uh, he got online for another tube ride, but uh, the line was way too long. And we were getting hot, and we were just like, fuck it. And we just went back to the pool. Even my son was like, fuck it. I don't want to sit here all fucking day. I'm going back to the pool. So that was that was Sesame Place, and then we of course went uh, the next day to the aquarium. There's an aquarium here in Brooklyn, the Coney Island in Coney Island. It's the New York Aquarium. We went there, and um, we went to the beach after. Um, if you've never been to or heard of Coney Island, it's actually gotten better over the last few years. Um, kind of a dump for a while. And, and dumping like even now, like new, most New Yorkers, when they say they're going to the beach, nine times out of ten they're not going to Coney Island Beach. There's always shit on the sand. There was complaints, people saying that there was like, I mean, I don't know how many times when I was a kid I'd be in the water and there would be like loose condoms and shit in there. It's not exactly the best place to be, but they've really cleaned it up over the last few years. I have a lot of fun there with my son. The parks, uh, they added some amusement parks, not just like city parks. But amusement parks as well that they added to the area. So I have a lot of fun there. We go there all the time. We live in Brooklyn, so sometimes on a whim we'll just get up and we'll just fucking go uh, to to the park and all that stuff. So that's what we did. We made one critical error with that one. The New York Aquarium here in Brooklyn is actually pretty popular amongst the, the locals. And we uh, the aquarium was a split-second decision. Like, we didn't plan... I'm going to the aquarium. The day happened, and we just said, oh, what about going to the aquarium? Like, it was just a random fucking decision. We just said, fuck it, let's just go to the aquarium. What we did not realize is that, uh, well, I, I knew about this, but I didn't realize about the day. About two years ago, they closed down most of the aquarium and because they were redoing and remodeling a lot of the shark stuff. Apparently, there was going to be this big shark tank or whatever the fuck that they were going to install in and uh, make this brand new exhibit. And they started this shit like about two years ago. I completely, utterly fucking forgot about it. So when we get there, they're like, oh, enjoy our new shark exhibit. I was like, oh, cool. And I, I go inside and the fucking line for this thing, no lie, was bananas. It was through the fu- It was way too fucking long. Uh, we had seen everything in the aquarium, and it was down to the shark thing, and I was like, do you want to do it? Do you not want to do it? It's blazing hot. It's like 100 fucking degrees outside. And uh, so I said, okay, you know what? Here's what we're going to do. I'm, you guys, I'm going to be the husband here. I'm going to be super dad, right? You guys go to the inside area and have some ice cream, and I will wait on the line. And I did. I did that. And I waited online for 45 fucking minutes, which is not a long time to be waiting for something. Granted, I've waited a lot longer than that. 
45 minutes, no shade, no water, no nothing. It was just hot. Ball bag stuck to the side of your leg, hot. And I'm glad that this is one of the reasons why I told him to wait over there. Because when I get hot, I get irritable, and I want to start smacking people. I want to murder. I want to kill. There were some disabled people and children that were next to me that at first seemed like really cool people. But 40 minutes in, 100 degree weather, I was ready to take their souls. I was ready to beat them into the ground and not have a reason for it. Okay? It was bad. So, we got into the exhibit finally, and that was actually a pretty dope exhibit. Was it worth uh, threat protection? I just got beeped for threat protection. What the f- I'm recording here, motherfucker. Threat protection. What is this? Security scan required. Your IT admi- I'm the IT administrator. Yeah, you better go away. You better go away when I'm talking to you. I'm about to shoot a promo. Oh, you're back. Your IT administrator requires a security scan of this item. This scan could take up to 10 seconds. What item? I didn't click on anything. I'm sitting here on my wobbly chair talking about my weekend at the squad of O. I don't have any fucking, what is this, computer? What is this, laptop? What is happening here? Don't do that shit again. I'm almost done with this podcast. Don't fuck me up here. I got like 15 minutes left. Jesus Christ. Anywho, yeah, the shark exhibit was dope. So my weekend was pretty awesome. I spent pretty much almost this entire episode talking about my weekend. But that's cool because it was a good time. I usually have some negative shit to talk about here. So I want to do some positive shit here. It was a good time. I hope you enjoyed my story. Uh, I was going to end it with my story. I was actually, this whole episode was going to be about the weekend. Believe it or not. Just some real positive shit going on with my life. Like I said, uh, there's a lot of surprises. A lot of things coming up in the next few weeks about this show. I got some guests coming on. It's going to be good. I got some great ideas that's going to be coming on. This is going to be really cool. It's going to be a lot of fun. I don't have a whole lot of wrestling shit to talk about right now because, quite frankly, ain't a whole lot of wrestling shit going on. All right. So uh, I'm not going to end it. I still have 15 minutes left. So I'm going to do something right now that I've been really dreading undoing but there's a particular friend that i have who listens to my show who was a great friend of mine i was the best friend i'm best friend <laughs> well i guess that day i was a best friend but i was the best man at his wedding i've mentioned him on my show before his name is mr polgreen alexander polgreen over and no not because uh, i didn't name him and i didn't name my son after him but yes his name was alexander polgreen he lives in Jersey with his brand new wife, his brand new beautiful lady. And him and I often go back and forth on a lot of topics. One of those topics that we seemingly never wind up on the same side of is basketball. Now, I don't do a whole lot of sports on my show anymore. I tried in the beginning. I got a lot of complaints. So I stopped. Nobody seemed, nobody, no fan of mine anyway seemed to give a shit about the whole basketball thing or football thing didn't seem to care so i left it alone but my audience has increased quite a bit so maybe there's some different opinions and views on it now but there's one item on the list i'm not gonna sit here and talk sports all fucking day there's one item on the list i gotta talk about because it's the one everyone's talking about and normally that's not an indicator for me i don't do shit just because it's popular, I talk about shit on my show that I want to talk about. I argue with my wife about this all the fucking time. I don't do hot button topics. I do whatever it is I want to talk about. But this I want to talk about. 
because this situation just enforces more shit that I've been saying on social media. When I was a child, this is going to start with a story. When I was a child, I was a hardcore basketball fan. Loved the NBA. Loved everything about it. It helps that my Knicks were great. I grew up in the 90s uh, Nick era. Oakley, Smith, Ewing, Starks, uh, Harper, Derek Harper, uh, Allen Houston as the years went on, even the Sprewell days. Okay, I was with it. I can still to this day, people make fun of me to this day when I play ball in my head. Sometimes it comes out of my mouth, but in my head, I still do uh, like uh, Marv Albert's voice, you know, Starks for three, you know, like in my head, like to this day. I was a huge basketball fan, not just the Knicks, though. Like, that was my team. But, I mean, dude, like, just you go to each team. Each team had, like, mega stars on it. And I was just enthralled, man. Uh, we talk about Ewing being my center. He's one of my favorite big men of all time. But Hakeem, the Dream, the Admiral, David Robinson. I mean, the point guard play at that time, the Isaiah Thomases, even even the John Stocktons of the world, man, uh, the Chris Mullins of the world. Man, I, I grew up, uh, all the Hardaways, Tim Hardaways, Henny Hardaways, I grew up and a huge basketball fan, huge, huge. And I became a bit of a historian back in the day, you know, going back and going back, back, back into time and following. I was kind of like what baseball fans are with statistics and shit, but to basketball. So I was really into it. And as time went on, as as the game changed and evolved, and I can't give the NBA shit for that because every game, Major League Baseball, the NFL, even soccer to a degree, football, their football, all change over time. Everything evolves, right? And I feel like, like I do with wrestling. I feel like the old man screaming at the cloud. Like my version of the things that I like are not my version of things anymore. Those things are passe. You know, those things are yesteryear. I'm I'm an old fogey and I'm only in my mid-30s. Right? That's just the way that I feel about a lot of different things. Well, you know where I'm headed with this. It was just a very long-winded way of getting here. I just wanted to give you, I wanted to preface it with my background. Because what I'm about to tell you right now, you may not want to hear. And that is, fuck the NBA. I'm done. I have beyond done. I've been done. Actually, technically speaking, I have been done since the decision. That was the first time where I was just like, I'm done with this. I can't deal with this anymore. The decision, for those of you who don't know I'm referring to, was when LeBron James made the decision. He was leaving the Cleveland Cavaliers, his hometown team, to go play for the Miami Heat. That was the day he had that big big uh, television thing and the decision. And I'm, I'm taking my talents to South Beach. This time around, he just recently left Cleveland again. But this time around, he didn't make a big deal about it. He actually handled it very quickly. Los Angeles Lakers is his destination. He signed a deal, four years, $153 million. From what I understand, uh, the fourth year is a player option. He can opt out again, should he choose. But the overall sense right now is that he's, he's intending on being there for four years. I'll believe that when I see it, but that's where he's at right now. So for those of you who don't follow the NBA... LeBron James, obviously, uh, in my opinion, probably the best player in the world right now. Uh, he is from Akron, Ohio, which is mere 
minutes, if I understand correctly, mere minutes, mere miles from the city of Cleveland itself. Uh, the team which he represents, he played high school ball there, did not participate in college, went straight to the league from high school, got drafted by number one overall by his hometown team, played there for several years, uh, beating his head against the wall with subpar talent, uh, did appear at an NBA Finals, but was no match for the far superior, wiser, much mature San Antonio Spurs, of course, I'm referring to the 2007 series. And then uh, the decision took place, the one that I mentioned before, where he mentioned he was taking his talents to South Beach, where he would leave his team, in which he was the star player up, to go join two other star players, which makes a, a, a three-man squad down there in Miami Heat. Uh, they rattled off off the top of their head and ran their mouths. They weren't going to win one championship. They were going to win two championships, three championships, four championships, five championships, six championships, and they just went off with the numbers, and the end result actually being two. They ran, They won two. So, hey, two is better than none. LeBron had none when he got there. Wade already had one. He had one with the Heat before LeBron got there, but LeBron James did win two championships in Miami. And, of course, he signed a six-year deal with them, but, of course, on the fourth year, uh, if I'm not mistaken, he, was, he opted out. He went back home to Cleveland in which they were in the NBA Finals every single year that he was there. If I'm not mistaken, same thing with the Heat. LeBron James, as a matter of fact, has been in the NBA Finals with two teams over the course of the last eight, I believe, either seven or eight straight years of him being in the NBA Finals. <sighs> not done. That's how great this guy is. I'm not done. I'm just taking a breather. My mouth is getting sore talking about how great LeBron James is. Whoa, hey, yo. See, I told you there was no homo here. It's always implied. Always implied. All right. So what I'm getting at here is that now LeBron James is leaving Cleveland. And this time there won't be any burned jerseys. This time there won't be any voodoo dolls or anything crazy. The city of Cleveland is actually very genuinely happy for this guy. And they gave him a chip, so he can't they can't complain. He ruined he ruined the drought. He ended the drought altogether. And uh, Cleveland Cavaliers did win a championship against the seventy-two and, and uh, nineteen. No, excuse me, seventy-three and nine, seventy-three and nine team, the great, the most winning team in the regular season of all time. Uh, that was a magical season. They took the city of Cleveland on a ride. And on that note, he is gone. Bon voyage. He is now living in Los Angeles, and he is a Los Angeles Laker. Four years, hundred and fifty-three mil. And I am finished. I can't do this shit anymore with the NBA. I cannot. Because it seems like that's the only thing. When I was growing up, when I was an NBA fan, uh, there was diversity. There was uh, 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 teams combating one another. Sure, there were trades made. Sure, there was uh, uh, free agency and and players looking to play in the best possible position. That's not the stuff that I'm talking about. That always existed. What I'm talking about is this over, overwhelming need for these top players to just be bitches. Okay? It's and that's what it really is. It's being it's being a bitch about it. In in every era, in every era, there was always a top guy there was always a guy who you knew was either going to be winning the championship or in the finals or in the mix. 
at least. And you never saw this shit. You never saw this shit. You know, Carl Malone had two opportunities to win an NBA championship. He got beat every time by Jordan. They could never get over the bull hump. We didn't see Carl Malone in Chicago. Okay, Shaquille O'Neal got beat by the dream. Got beat by the Houston Rockets with the Orlando Magic. And yeah, he went to a he went to a Laker team after that, but he didn't join the Rockets. And don't give me the whole well, he joined the team with Kobe Bryant. Kobe Bryant was a fucking nobody. He was a fresh out of high school draft. He was fighting time with Eddie Jones to be the fucking shooting guard. So you can't tell me that's the deal. In every situation we're talking about, even as far back as like a Bill Russell, you know, everybody struggled against Bill Russell. They all struggled against him. They didn't join Boston. And if you're going to do it every now and then, like if you're going to do it every now and then, like like uh, Kyrie going to Boston or, or, or you know, or, or anything where you're trying to better your situation, put yourself in a better position to win. I can kind of get that. Okay, but there's a difference between betas making those moves and alphas making those moves. Alphas are not supposed to be the one moving around. The betas are supposed to be the ones moving around to accommodate the alphas. I've never seen an era where an alpha would purposely go out of his way to make himself a beta. I've never seen it. I've never seen it. And I think that's one of the things that drives me away from the sport because I can't, I can't sit here. When LeBron did it, because the, the, it happened before LeBron, and everyone always points to the Boston Big Three, Paul Pierce, Ray Allen, and Kevin Garnett. And to be honest with you, that's not the same shit because none of those motherfuckers, while still great players, none of those motherfuckers were in their prime at that point. That's like looking at the Lakers when Gary Payton and Carl Malone went over there. That's not the same shit. These motherfuckers were not on the top of their game. They were on the slope. They won a championship as a team in Boston one time because they, they all happened to be synced up that one time. But all three of them fell off the face of the earth. You know, Peyton Manning couldn't throw a football 10 yards in front of him and he still won a Super Bowl on his way out. That's the type of shit we're talking about. Those players, while still in great shape and still formidable, they weren't the trio that they were eight, nine, ten years prior to that victory. They were on the down end. We're talking about players today who are in their fucking prime. And as bad as the as the LeBron James one was, and it was bad in my opinion, I because I said I cut off the NBA at the decision. What Kevin Durant did made me forgive about the decision. I no longer look at the decision the way that I used to because of what Kevin Durant did. Kevin Durant, for those of you who don't know, in my opinion at the time, what's this, about two now? About two, three years ago now? You can make an argument that at the time that Kevin Durant stayed in Oklahoma City, he might have been the number two player in the world. If not two, if you want to make the debate, he was definitely top five. Okay, just for the sake of argument. Top five for sure. I can make an argument he was at least number two behind. This is the time of him leaving Oklahoma, uh, right behind LeBron James. 
And Kevin Durant played for the Oklahoma City Thunder. They get to the Western Conference Finals against the Golden State Warriors. They are up in the series 3-1. to one. A game away from beating the Warriors and heading into the Finals. And in my opinion, winning a championship because there was no way the Cavs would start, were beating the Thunder uh, in the Finals that year. So Kevin Durant and the Thunder up 3-1 in the series. Golden State comes back. Wins the series four games to three. And the very next year, or not even the very next year, that offseason right there, after that elimination, Kevin Durant was a free agent, and he joined the Golden State Warriors. Now here's the response that I get from people when I tell them my frustrations about this. Well, they didn't do anything wrong. They drafted well. They got great coaching. They didn't do anything illegal. Everything they got, everything they did was based on the system as it is written. They should not be penalized for nothing. And the answer that I have to that is bullshit. And here's why. It's bullshit. Here's why. First of all, they draft well. That can't be debated. They picked up some pretty good players, okay, through the draft, and they groomed them the right way and, and, and all that good stuff. That's fine. But good draft? Okay, let's talk about your draft players, okay, because pre-Kevin Durant, the, yes, they were already champions. They were already a championship-caliber team. But the year they won the championship, what, pedestrian uh, record? They had a very good record, but the next year, they were history. They went 73-9. and They are the winningest single-season franchise holders of all time. And they did it without Kevin Durant. And they lose in the NBA Finals to LeBron James and who? I don't even remember. Oh, Kyrie. You give Kyrie some love. That last three-point dagger. Kevin Love when he showed up. J.R. Smith. Whatever, whatever. So, so we're keeping score here. They're a good team. Turn great team. Turn legendary team. Without Kevin Durant. They're 73-9. and nine. But they lose to the Cavs in the finals. Okay, that means that as good as they were, or even as great as they were, they weren't unbeatable. They're still a beatable team. They almost lost to the Thunder in the Western Conference. They lost to the Cavs in the finals. There's still competition there. It's still a competitive situation between the two teams, between the Warriors and everybody else. Now, granted, they're great enough to where only the the great teams can compete against them, but that's fine. At least there is a competitive edge there. So you're 73 and 9, the greatest single season record of all time. You're coming off of a championship win the season before. This close, this close, like cunt's hair away from a back to back championship with the greatest record ever, with a unanimous MVP in Steph Curry. 
with a lights out shooter in Clay Thompson, with a dirty ass defender who gets away with everything Draymond Green, who over here dick kicking and dick punching his way to the NBA Finals. This is all the stuff that Golden State have. And then the next year, y'all sign Kevin Durant. Fuck you. It's a spit in the face because now you have all that shit plus another top five player. And now they're unfucking beatable. They're unfucking beatable. Last year, went through everybody. This year, swept through the finals. They're unfucking beatable. And then the Lakers, okay, who were 11th in their conference, which means they didn't even make the playoffs. They put all this money, all this intention on the ball kid, Lonzo Ball. He's going to be the future. But then they grab LeBron James. Then they grab Rajon Rondo, who they're saying now will compete for the job. He's going to get the job because ball is garbage right now. You know why ball is garbage right now? Because he's young. He don't have the time and the experience yet. You put him on the floor with LeBron, he's going to get experience boom, just like that. He's going to start to figure that shit out. But now you put him in a competitive situation with a former world champion in Rajon Rondo. And even if they all do get on the same page, even if they all do figure it out, they're still only the second favorite with LeBron. They're still only the second. It's going to be the Warriors. There's no doubt about that. There's no secret to that. And as of right now, I've been looking it up. I don't even think it's official yet. I don't think so. Maybe between now and the next week's episode, we'll know. But now the Warriors are about this close. If you can see my fingers, there's not much space. Okay? There's, like, this close, this close to solidifying a deal with DeMarcus Cousins? Another all-star? On this team? Y'all going to cry draft now? It's all about the draft now? Come on, man. The team as presently constituted can't be defeated by any team that has been organized in the last 15 years. None. None. And then you're going to add Cousins? You're going to add Boogie to the squad? It's too much. It's too much. It's It's literally a foregone conclusion. I grew up in an era where the Bulls were in the finals every fucking year. Three straight years. Then the Rockets were two straight years. Then the Bulls again for three straight years. And even before that, it was the Pistons for two straight years. And then for like 12 years, it was the Celtics and the Lakers like every year. So I grew up in an era very similar to this where the dominance level was high. But the competitive level was also high. I didn't know every year that the Pistons were going to be in it. I didn't know every year the Bulls were going to be in it. That the Bulls had to get there. They played, sure, okay, the Bulls were like number one seed every year. So they would play like the Washington Bullets or the Milwaukee Bucks in every fucking opener. But the Bulls had to worry about the Knicks. The Bulls had to worry about the Pacers. The Bulls had to worry about the Pistons, the Celtics. The Bulls had problems. The Celtics had problems. The Lakers had problems. Every year, you go back in the history of the game. Every decade that had a dominant team had a rival. Every team that that was that successful had an opposing unit against it the warriors have nobody for the last three years it's been the warriors versus the Cavs. that's what's been on the paper but the truth is it's been the warriors versus lebron 
End of conversation. It's been five on one for the last three fucking years. And now, and now LeBron is on the West Coast. He's now LeBron is in the Western Conference, which means it doesn't matter who the fuck comes out of the East. No one's beating the Western Conference now. Now the Western Conference final every year is going to be the Lakers and the Warriors. And whoever the fuck comes out of the East will essentially be a gold medalist in the Special Olympics. They've got no shot. Zero. Against one of the best teams literally of all time. And I love that. Before we got Durant. Before we got Durant. When they were putting together a 73-9 and year. The Warriors. There was talk, actual talk, actual conversation on ESPN, not just on podcasts or blogs. ESPN was covering it. Fox Sports that was covering it. Who's the better team? The 72-10, and 10, 96 Bulls or the 73-9, and 9, whatever year, Golden State Warriors? There was an actual fucking conversation about this. And then you take that team and you add Kevin Durant? Fuck you. I don't want anything to do with this shit anymore. I don't want to watch a bunch of nothing, a bunch of irrelevance. These games are irrelevant. We all know who's going to win. Even if the Warriors lose regular season games here and there, it's a foregone conclusion. The Warriors are going to win. There's no way around that. And I got this thrown in my face the other day. Well, like you said, you know, when you were a kid, the Knicks were great. Maybe you felt better about basketball then because the Knicks were great and they're so shitty now and now you don't care. This ain't got nothing to do with the Knicks. Knicks have been shitty for 20 years. Roughly. What's that? Let me see. They went to the finals in 2000. I'm sorry. 18 years. 18 years of shit. I'm not worried about that shit anymore. I'm not worried about that shit anymore. They get good again. I'll probably come back to watch them. Hometown team. Show your support. But the NBA as a whole. When I was an NBA fan, I watched... A lot more games that didn't have the Knicks in it than did. I used to watch a lot of Golden State games. Tom Gugliata, Chris Mullen, Tim Hardaway. Come on, man. Come on, man. They they had squads back then. My man Ronnie Sankley down there he used to be a Miami Heat. Come on, man. Don't fuck with me on this. Don't fuck with me on this. I can't do this shit no more. It was one of my greatest passions when I was a kid. I got to leave it alone. I got to leave it alone. Anyway, I didn't want to end this shit on negativity. I don't feel like I did. I just got it off my chest. You feel free to disagree. I know that some of you will. Paul Green, I know you're going to disagree. I know you will. You always do. I know you do. Get back at me. Anyway, guys, again, ajoum.poppy.com. I gave you guys the platform stuff. I have a lot of announcement stuff that's going to be coming up within the next, <clears throat> definitely within the next seven days, the next uh, week or so. It's going to be a lot of stuff coming out. Uh, when this episode hits, it will officially be July 4th. Please be safe. Do not JPP yourself and lose any fingers with your fireworks. Uh, drink responsibly, of course. Hashtag drink responsibly. Hashtag fear the goat. Uh, don't, try, don't drink and drive. That's big. That's huge. Don't be that guy or gal. Don't drink and drive. Don't drink and then text and then drive. Don't do any of those things. Be safe. Hamburgers and hot dogs. If you're from another country listening to this, just give us this one day. People like to freak out and do a bunch of American shit. 
Let them do their American shit. All right. This is for America. Independence Day. All right. July 4th. Independence. <laughs> All right, guys. Thank you for listening. Thank you for sharing. Thank you for downloading. And of course, thank you for enjoying. See you next week. Anybody house. Listen to my daddy's soul. Listen to the SOI. Thank you.